0: Everybody, to Wrestling of Statistics—the only show that takes a unique perspective in the world of professional wrestling through stats and analytics. I am your host, Ryan Knightsey, and with me, as always, is the man from Pro Wrestling Musings himself, Craig Lees. Craig, how are you doing, my friend?
1: Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm doing all right. Um, yeah, I I always find that hard to answer at the beginning of a podcast. It's the kind of polite thing. How are you? And you're like, ah, good. I think yes um yeah how are you i'm you, uh, well <laughs> it's your turn uh it, you
0: know it's yeah it, it is there is this thing about like bringing you reminding yourself how you are because it's always gonna be the first question to any podcast mm-hmm. is we, we want to update the audience about where we are this is a chance for the audience to learn like more about our, ourselves you know the, are the characters that are us mm-hmm. uh you know and just, and then, and then, you know, and so you gotta, you gotta remember to bring something. It was like, oh shit, what happened my past week that, that was interesting. Uh, how am I? Um, well, <laughs> there's been better weeks in America, I guess. And that's basically been my week
1: is just stressing. Um, yeah, I have the advantage of not currently being in America.
0: You you have the advantage of being quarantined in 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 Scotland, where I have the advantage of being disadvantage of being quarantined while <laughs> riots are happening, uh, in Atlanta. Um, yeah, you know I'm fine. I, I should say, like I'm not like I'm like maybe thirty minutes from where riots are happening, uh, in Atlanta. But uh, so I'm like I'm, I'm I'm fine. I'm not like in danger or anything. And you know my the business I work, you know, coffee shop I work at is not in danger of getting, uh, burnt down. I guess um but you know besides besides just uh worldly stress i guess i've had a good week um i don't know like <laughs> nothing it's one of those it's another one of those not really exciting personally weeks uh you're, you know one of those classic pandemic weeks does that make sense
1: yeah yeah i think that's i think that's kind of where a lot of people are at the moment um i'm feeling a bit burnt out in general life from the quarantine kind of like i just like want to go somewhere different like be it and i know this that sounds silly when there's all these things going on but like i just want to go on a walk that i haven't been on 12 times in the last month or like go to a restaurant or just, yeah just like i need some variety um it's all getting a bit samey but you know I'll, i mean all that's that's a small complaint everybody has and then feels guilty about voicing because of x y and z that they're lucky isn't going on in their bubble at the moment
0: yeah i mean i i totally understand that like the idea of like i i i i I think about it all the time it's like man i miss being waited on by like a server at a restaurant like i miss i miss weirdly enough as much as i did not like it i miss having a conversation with my girlfriend and then it being interrupted by someone asking if I needed more water, <laughs> I missed that, <laughs> you know. Um, and and he, like you, sure. like, <laughs> and like you said, like it's a small complaint because really it's like you know it's for the betterment of everyone else that we're not doing those things. Oh yeah, of course. But yeah, it is absolutely. it is this thing of like, you know, I'm just sort of you know, I'm tired of the sameness. I think I think everyone is. I think that's obvious. Um, so I guess well you know what let's what we decided, let's break up the monotony, uh, mm-hmm. Greg, let's, you know, let's not, let's, let's take a break. Let's take a break from AEW this week. Let's talk about the other cool matches happening and other, uh, I'm not going to say maybe cool promotions, but, uh, definitely like the, they're, 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 I don't know. Uh, but let's talk. There was a huge match that everyone talked about last week. Um, that, uh, had a lot of people talking obviously, and that was the hashtag fight pit, uh, between Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher. Um we we wanted to break up uh the monotony with AEW and now we're talking about Riddle Thatcher. This was I like this match. It was obviously the first fight pit cage fight thing that they've ever done. Uh obviously if you haven't seen it I would highly recommend it. Uh basically it was a steel cage match mixed with like a scaffold match kind of. Um it was pretty cool. I don't know what do you think of it Greg?
1: Yeah, I I I really liked it. And yeah, the from the get-go, the aesthetic was great. The kind of, the cage with, as you as you um, said, the scaffolding at the top, which gave that platform that kind of, it was very different to anything you'd ever seen. Like we've had cage matches where guys end up on the top and they might be like brawling a little bit, but this was set up to give them that kind of other level that they could take the match to. And yeah, it really worked. Um, I was really pleased that I liked this match because the last time, I got excited for NXT. Was for Io Shirai versus Charlotte Flair, which was a really, really good match for the seven minutes that they gave it, and then it was interrupted by Rhea Ripley. So yeah, I was I was um, really pleased with this. It was the opposite of that. It was sports feeling. There was a finish. Uh, yeah, just very well performed, well well worked stuff.
0: I love that you had to add the line of "there was a finish." <laughs> like it's just there. There was an ending to it that was clear and defined. <laughs>
1: But well, yeah, but like that—that's not some kind of like tribal dig. That is a ongoing concern when one watches shows produced by this particular group of people.
0: No, I I understand that. I completely understand that. Um, yeah, maybe maybe showing some bias we are, but uh, uh no, yeah, I I liked it a lot. I would love if uh you know it was sort of this match was sort of like an upgraded version of a steel cage match i would love if this just replaces the steel cage in general obviously i'm not sure if this match came about because you know of the pandemic and that they had you know the ability to pause and then they had the the chance to build you know the the cage i don't know fight pit i guess i'll say uh, they had a chance to build the fight pit and not like the steel cage where they lowered it. I'm not sure if you'll be able to lower the fight pit. Um, that's a question for another day. That I guess <laughs> the people and the NXT will have to figure out. Uh, but like I would love if the fight pit just replaced it because it like it, it adds. It takes the steel cage match obviously, but adding that scaffold just makes it the ability to do. I think more different kind of offense, not just like oh the fear of like they're fighting in. in the sky or whatever but then the uh, an easier in a way safer chance to do like high flying moves off the top of the cage versus just like the you know the small beams or whatever that they had in the old steel cage i like the fight pit i like the fight pit a lot
1: yeah i agree and the the steel cage in wwe is kind of done now it's been done so like many times mm-hmm. and it, it's The thing about and I can never not mention it when talking about WWE steel cage matches, but the fact that you can open the door and like walk out has never made sense to me. Mm -hmm. Like it's it like takes the the ladder match trope where where they like obviously very, very slowly climbing up that ladder, and but it's just a door, like Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you're you're not even going climbing up, you just have to walk out the door, and then there's the whole Dramatic crawling out the door, and sometimes they ask for the door to be opened, and sometimes they don't. And the just the logic holes of that match for me is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you, the again comparison much, but the the AEW version of the steel cage did did you know play out an awful lot better. Removing that helped helped me and making it less about escape and just about it being a steel cage match where they have to win. Um. Really, uh, rather worked. So yeah, the 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 fighting pit kind of takes that aesthetic of being caged in and the danger all around you, and the kind of the grittier elements that a cage match brings to wrestling, but without the kind of the logic holes that you feel like you're kind of insulting yourself if you choose that you're going to go along with.
0: Yeah, it was a good. Amalgamation of both the steel cage and the Hellena cell, where yeah. you know it takes it keeps the size of the steel cage, but it takes out the escapism aspect. It's literally just fight to survive. Um, that that's it. It just fight to survive in the fight pit. Um, you know we we'll, we'll fight around. We'll fight. We'll climb the cage. We'll climb up here, um, kind of like a Hell in a cell in it to a certain extent. But yeah, it's a good. I think it's a really good amalgamation. I hope. Uh, it continues to stay. I don't know if you had to just quickly. If you had to have another fight pit, who's in the fight pit?
1: So just, just very quickly. Actually, I'm going to say something nice about WWE. So hold on to your hat. Do
0: we have like ring a ringer happening, like some sort of stinger? That's <laughs> like- <laughs> I
1: think I think they do. I think they do deserve someone a credit for coming up with a new gimmick match. Yes, that isn't contrived in like. So AEW are trying to come up with their own gimmicks and they've tried the the kind of the battle royale, the stuttered battle royale, they've tried that ladder match, they did their diamond ring battle royale thing, and none of them have really worked. They're trying to do a blood and guts match, but that's essentially uh oh, what do you call that? A war games match. Mm-hmm. So know, we, we, even that.
0: then we'll see what kind of war games match it is. Is it gonna have a roof? Yeah. Is it gonna be <laughs>
1: absolutely but and then wwe have come up with the fight pit which is a cool sounding name it's a steel cage match but it's different and it felt different it felt gritty it felt dangerous it felt competitive so yeah i i yeah props props to them for managing to um coming up with something new at a time when people would suggest that there's nothing new to be created in wrestling other than to kind of rip off and adapt
0: Mm -hmm. i agree I agree, and uh, two people that you want in the fight pit.
1: Um, Pete Dunne springs to mind because he's got that kind of aesthetic. Mm-hmm. I mean, Timothy Thatcher—you'd think if they were going to do another one, you'd keep him in. He fits again; he fits the aesthetic really, really well.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Make the <laughs> make the fight pit Thatcher's domain. Like, make that—you uh, yeah. know—Undertaker was hell in a cell. Uh, um. I immediately can't think of a second uh, <laughs> thing. But a third John thing.
1: Michael's ladders?
0: Don't know. Yeah. Uh,
1: the tag teams, the tag uh, Dudleys, Hardys, Hard- yeah. Hardys, Hardys, Edge, Edge, in the Hardys, especially.
0: Yeah. Edge and the Hardys was ladders, TLC sort of matches. Um, make t- Make Make Thatcher's domain, the fight pit. You know, if 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 you've pissed off Thatcher enough, he wants to fight you in the fight pit. I like it. I like that idea.
1: Tag teams, um, Oni. What's his name? I was going to call him Oni Birch. Um, Oni Larkin and Danny Birch kind of fit that kind of mold. and um, you could also have someone like Rhea Ripley in there quite easily. She has that kind. She would be an interesting proposition in that match as well.
0: There's, there's a lot of people. That honestly, you could run down the, who, who, down the roster.
1: Um, who comes to mind for you?
0: Pete Dunn's a great pick. Uh, hmm. I do also like. Don, um, uh, Birch and Lorcan. It's like you want guys that are fighty and not too flighty. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like you just you just want to see it's a fight pit. You want to see people just go yeah. in there and just rough rough each other up. I like Pete Dunn. So
1: so you wouldn't put Dijakovic and Lee in. That would be the wrong. No, aesthetic. I
0: don't. I would not put Dijakovic or Lee in the fight pit. Um. I I there's the you see them and you're like yeah let's put that they're two big guys let's put them in the fight mm. pit but yeah. I don't because then you're gonna talk about like they're doing like
1: well they're gonna be jumping off stuff which turns it it's less gritty and more kind of wild exactly let's
0: keep let's keep the grittiness of the fight pit okay. let's keep the grittiness of the fight pit I'm gonna put in I'm gonna do for the uh, we're gonna do a rematch for the United Kingdom title Volter versus mm. Pete Dunn in the Ooh. fight pit put them in the oh fight my. pit.
1: Didn't even think of Volter. That's a great shout. I want
0: to see Volter go for a chop uh on Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn miss du- you know, dodges out of the way. Volter chops a steel beam, and that's what Pete Dunn uses to get the victory over Volter. Okay. That's what I want to see. Um but uh yeah, so besides that, um you, you put together here, Craig, uh, sort of a rundown sheet, match stats for that fight pit, Matt Riddle versus Timothy Thatcher. What are some things that really catch your eye about this match?
1: Yeah, so this match is almost like proof that this is worth doing in that um, so it's really, really close, 51% to 49% in favor of Matt Riddle in terms of total offense. Um, But then the stats show a very different fighting style from each of, um, of the competitors. Riddle is laying in the strikes, 56 strikes, compared to 28 from Thatcher. Um. Thatcher, however, with more grapples, four to two, and he went for nine submissions with a total of 132 seconds compared with Matt Riddle's very surprising one submission that only lasted three seconds. Um, Matt Riddle kind of achieved an eight-second count when Thatcher was on the ground. Thatcher didn't go for any counts when Riddle was on the ground. He was obviously looking for submissions. So yeah, very um very different fighting styles in a in yet a very very close matchup.
0: Yeah, it, it this the stance what they show really is like the idea it, it really exemplifies the idea of what the fight pit was was about, what this match was about. It was knockout or tap out. So Matt Riddle obviously going for knockouts, Thatcher going for tap outs. I mean, no, Riddle only going for one submission is very strange. Um, compared to Thatcher's nine, uh, Matt Riddle literally. I did, you know, I had to double check the math because uh, it's numbers, uh, strikes. Uh, Matt Riddle 56 is literally double, uh, mm-hmm. Thatcher's 28. Um, yes,
1: it's good math, <laughs>
0: good math. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, is it they really went for it, and, and in it, it's what it shows to me is like these guys are basically on equal footing you know mm-hmm. match offense you know number of strikes or oh, maybe not the number of strikes they're basically equal footing just when you if you say that like one is knocking out one is tapping out mm-hmm. thatcher tapping out wins that's what's more that's what's more important will get you a victory i guess i don't know um but uh yeah, th- th- you know being the embodiment of those two ideas um Okay. yeah
1: thatcher's um thatcher's uh tap out strategy outdid matt riddle's knockout strategy on this occasion
0: yes i, w- I would love to see yeah i would just love to see i don't know I- i'm surprised i'm really surprised that riddle only did one submission for three seconds That it, that's, yeah, i'm just yeah. looking at this and i'm like that really just ex- is astounding to me
1: yeah, and you know, you people are familiar with seeing him using the bro mission to tap people out. Um, he didn't, he didn't use that at all in this match. I can't remember what the submission was, but it it certainly wasn't that. Um, there there was a break in this. They went to the commercial break. I don't know if they continue wrestling during the commercials. I I kind of guess that they don't to be a bit pointless. Um, so yeah, the, it, this only went eleven minutes in total. I suppose the implication is that it was a 15-minute match. We don't see three to four minutes of it because of commercials. But, um, I mean, a lot of us have seen the footage from SmackDown where they went to commercial and the uh, the wrestlers were kind of wandering around chatting through the rest of the match. I I don't think um, Timothy Thatcher, with his bleeding mouth, would have been wrestling during the break, Mm -hmm. to be quite frank.
0: (laughs) No, yeah, I I would agree with that. I think I think it is sort of uh, kayfabe implied that when we cut to the commercial, they're still wrestling, like they're still yeah. suggesting that it's life. Because when we, you know, when we come back, they're wrestling. Yeah. Um, I think that's the implication. I I would agree that I don't think they are. Um, but either way, uh, going with that kayfabe implication of it all. Um, yeah no I mean Thatcher and yeah it's not just the idea that they're on equal footing you could argue that maybe Thatcher is a little bit higher than Riddle because Thatcher was very early on the match kicked so hard in the jaw that he lost a couple teeth and then wrestled the rest of the match uh, bleeding from his gums so yeah that
1: really kind of added to as well the kind of gritty nature of the fight pit that we were talking about before
0: yeah, one could one could argue that Thatcher's better than Riddle, and if you know if Thatcher wasn't bleeding from his mouth, maybe he would have gotten more offense, and maybe he would have just decimated Riddle even more. Maybe this match wouldn't have taken 11 minutes, but rather eight minutes. I don't know. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, that's interesting.
0: Or you want, or conversely, Thatcher's rage of blood bleeding from mm. him, you know, just rammed him up even more. He's like a Hulk where he gets hit and he's <laughs> like, oh, I'm gonna attack more. Uh, I don't know. Yeah
1: very possible very very possible and um, so there's also the, the flow the flow of the match um, graph that goes along with this mm-hmm. and that's very interesting as well Yes. in that like it's, it's quite it's dominated by Riddle to begin with the, the kind of spikes in offense are the larger ones are from Riddle until until you get to for, like the first five minutes it's Thatcher gets a little bit of offense in here or there mm-hmm. but then Riddle will put in a, a string of strikes or grapples um, and is, is in control. And then around the five-minute mark, um, Bleeding Mouth and all Thatcher kind of explodes and there's a couple submission moves, a couple grapples, and a bunch of strikes. And it's easily the biggest kind of, um, kind of chunk of offense of the match. And from that point on, it's very even. Uh, with one kind of riddle rally as he can the bit where he throws himself off the cage in amongst a bunch of strikes mm-hmm. um, and then thatcher has to just pick his point uh his opportunity would be how i would read that graph
0: you know i would agree yeah just coming back from that commercial break thatcher gets the uh upper hand uh on Matt riddle you're just looking at that graph just thatcher barely doing much and then at that five mm-hmm. minute mark just all of a sudden just getting all of his offense basically in what thirty points of offense yeah um, yeah and then what and then like a minute later another six seven points of offense or so um yeah and then just you know just bit by bit by bit every minute or so just getting a little bit more wearing down I mean he's got nine submissions so he's just a little bit more wearing down riddle just a little bit more uh until he's able to get like you said that opportunity uh to just put away riddle. You know, once you get that one it's basically in the submission game when you get that you know one good submission yeah. in that, that could be it um yeah it can be and all yeah,
1: and on on that point with that, that huge spike from thatcher and um, that that's 21 moves that he puts together Jesus. um in that in that spike and he, he does um 58 in total so that's like 40 percent of his total offense is in that kind of explosion of of aggression that he kind of puts together
0: Jesus, Jesus, wow, forty percent, forty percent of all of his match offense happens in basically that minute.
1: yeah I'd, yeah, um, it's it'll be yeah, it'll be if two or three minutes, but yeah, it's, it's a huge so it, I can tell you what happens. it's reversal grapple, cage use, grapple, strike strike, twenty five minutes of submission uh, sorry twenty five seconds of submission going into seven seconds of another submission. Strike! 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 Grapple, and then brittle reverses the next move.
0: I, th- this is the kind of review that uh, we need more of.
1: Is just, it's <laughs> strike, just like... strike! 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 <laughs> it's like the worst game of, or the most violent game of Duck Duck Goose. Uh... <laughs> 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 I
0: love it. Well, uh, I want to quickly talk about it. when you you have a new gra- uh, new stat in here, K Juice. I just want to talk, really, really quickly, talk about it. Also, counts triggered. I just want to. Oh, counts triggered being the knockout, I see. Uh, Cage use. What do you mean by cage How do you define cage use in this match? Um,
1: So there was a couple times where Timothy Thatcher essentially rammed Matt Riddle's head into the cage, so cage use. Um, I also, um, so I think Matt Riddle did that once to Timothy Thatcher as well, um, but he also used the cage as a springboard um, for that kick that kind of ruined Thatcher's mouth. I, co- I counted that as a cage use as well because I didn't want to like it didn't really seem like a dive because he's kind of just rebounding off the cage, but I don't know it's kind of it can be difficult when you're like it's it is quite a subjective thing for where some of these moves go into certain categories. Mm-hmm. Try not to make it subjective, but it is kind of impossible to get away from at times
0: there's a gray area with a lot of moves
1: yeah a bit yeah um some would some would say that uh a diving foot stomp, stomp off the second rope as a dive, some would say that you should delete your account if you think such a thing.
0: <laughs> well, I think one day we just need to go into that entire story because uh, we've been teasing it two weeks in a row and I love it. Um, I think
1: it needs to be left for a wee while. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I invited, I invited um, MGF to join the Fantasy League, but I haven't, I haven't heard back.
0: Oh well, maybe maybe he's just like
1: tagging lots of random people. I um was typing in somebody else's name. His name came up. Like "Eh, yeah, let's see.
0: (laughs) Maybe maybe he's reading over the stats just to make sure he wants to make a you know a discerning you know idea of who he should vote for. Mm, Um, Absolutely, yeah. So he you know he's he's very methodical in that sense. Um, (laughs) Speaking of methodical, Timothy Thatcher, Matt Riddle, uh, good match. Uh, I really (laughs) king of transitions over here. Uh. So yeah, uh, this match is really good, I, and I think yeah, I really like the idea of this flow of offense showing like what forty yeah. percent in those two to three minutes for Thatcher's the, offense.
1: The the other the other thing you mentioned there was counts triggered, that was just when um like the referee Kurt Angle does the starts counting to ten when Thatcher's on the ground mm-hmm. for like knockout count.
0: It's weird that that only happened once
1: (laughs) yeah yeah it it, and it really did only happen once um matt riddle got one eight count on tim thatcher when he was um on the ground shortly after that that kick where all the teeth came out he hit him with a big grapple Mm -hmm. um shortly after that
0: yeah it's weird that that, that's the case but yeah you know uh kurt angle great referee in this match um you know, a really good match. I really enjoyed this match. Uh really good job with the match stats here. Um Craig, uh I really I really enjoy it. I really enjoy what we're doing here. Um let's move on to the next uh idea. So the past couple weeks, Craig, you and I have been um diving into AEW. Going back to AEW, I should say, folks. We've been diving into AEW's sort of um how should I say it? Uh specific stats per wrestler, I guess.
1: Yeah, uh, I call it the 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 I'm stuttering. <laughs> um, I call it the kind of in ring statistics. Yeah. So it's like I've been accumulating how many strikes each wrestler does in each match, or how many submission seconds each wrestler does in each match.
0: Yeah, and we've been sort of going through each you know each week. We have did you know match offense versus win loss record, showing that the more match offense you get, the more likely it is that you're going to win the match. We went through strikes. We went through strike downs. Uh, strike downs showing a very similar idea. The more strike downs you get in a match, the more likely that you're going to win. Um, and now we are at grapples. Um, uh, grapples per hour of, of wrestling time versus win loss record in a men's one on one division. Um, uh, let's t- yeah, talk about this graph. Talk about the scatter plot.
1: So this is um, grapples per hour of wrestling. Um, compared with wrestlers win loss records. And it's we've used the men's division because it's got the best statistics, because it's the one that's used the most. And um, the statistics are just for one versus one traditional matches. So what I mean by that is um no DQ rules matches, cage matches don't count count because um the way that kind of weapon use in those matches makes the statistics from them quite weighted in certain ways. And it just doesn't um it just doesn't make sense to include those. Uh, and these, this, these statistics are also from wrestlers that have wrestled for over half an hour accumulatively. So, just if only wrestlers that have wrestled for thirty minutes or more. So, for example, um, the most noteworthy name that's not, and this is Chris Jericho, who's wrestled for twenty something minutes. But at the same time, you won't be surprised to see that guys like. Brandon Cutler, that have just been involved in squash matches that don't last very long, are also not included in this. Mm. Um, what it does mean is that most of the wrestlers in this, except for two of them, have positive win loss records. Well, most of them have positive win loss records, a few with an even and two with negatives. Um, I think this kind of shows how AEW uses uh, jobbers and wrestlers that don't wrestle as much to kind of. Um, build up the stats of their other wrestlers but yeah so this graph is based around trying to find out if using grapples in a wrestling match means that you win um in aew's booking uh just to make it clear and um, grapples this is kind of like grapple slams more so than grapples again a lot of the way that i've labeled this comes from playing smackdown versus raw as a kid so you, you have your strike button and your grapple button and your dive button um, in those games. So I, that's, I think when I come to maybe reset this in the future, I might change some of the language because it can be misleading. But grapples, we're talking things like power slams, suplexes, that kind of thing. So your, your bigger, more impactful power, power moves um, and seeing if AEW are booking wrestlers to use lots of them to get a victory
0: yeah so looking at this the scatter plot right now there is a a, a, what appears to be a positive correlation but compared to you know our our past graphs of strike downs and match offense that positive correlation here minimal i would argue
1: yeah mild was the word that i used yeah Um, but possibly i mean we're kind of exploring this i mean it's um I'm not I don't really understand the maths language around correlations, but that's like a uh actually I was gonna say that's like a plus one correlation, but I think that's an arbitrary thing. Um Yeah, it, it looks like for every five grapples you use, you're like zero point you're like ten percent more likely to win a match, I would say.
0: Oh, okay. For every five grapples you use, you yeah. think 10% more likely to win.
1: Which I think in a competitive sport, and um, when margins... Like in a competitive sport where margins are small, mm-hmm. that would probably indicate that grapples are a way to go. Mm-hmm. This is obviously not a competitive sport, but the way that it's presented in Kfab is it is very competitive and the margins can be tiny. Mm -hmm. so i would go as far to say that this is a notable positive correlation
0: okay we'll add it to the strike downs as notable notable sort of ideas i guess uh is there anyone here that sort of uh comes out to you as a surprise
1: um as a surprise so uh, it's becoming it's becoming a, a correlation in itself but john moxley 11 wins in traditional 1v1. So he's obviously 12 for the year, but the no DQ with Hager um, doesn't count. Mm-hmm. So he's he's up there on 11, but he's um, he's well under 15 strikes, uh, 15 grapples per hour. He's, he's like well in, into the kind of bottom 50% of grapple usage, yet he's, you know, best wrestler for wins. Cody, second best wrestler for wins. Slightly ahead of Moxley, but again, still very much in the bottom fifty percent of this graph. And mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, it's there. You know, it's a it's a mild correlation, but we're not we're we're really not seeing the wrestlers that are winning the wrestling matches. Certainly, the top two using um, powerful moves that you would think might be made to make a wrestler look strong. Um, kind of. You know, b- being utilized, that kind of tactic.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that uh in not you know, not just the top two, these are the champions. You know, Moxley yes, and Cody yes, are the AEW world champion and the TNT championship champion respectively. Uh and somehow they are Moxley definitely, I would have to look back on Cody, but consistently and I would say the bottom half of yeah. these, you know, these sort of graphs that we've been putting together, there's one to me, that would maybe suggest well, one, there's the idea that Moxley could just be the anomaly for every single graph we do, because I feel like Moxley is just an anomaly in general. Hmm. Uh, yeah. But two, it maybe it's suggesting to us, or maybe to me, is that there's something that Moxley and Cody are doing that is more important to them winning matches. Or you know them getting to where they are. Does that make sense? Am I explaining myself correctly?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we're—I mean, essentially, what we're doing here is we're trying to find what 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 is working for wrestlers to make them do do the best. And to this is really terrible language use here. <laughs> <laughs> where we're trying to find out what are the keys to victory, essentially. Yes. And at the moment, we're we're discovering that. Hitting your opponent a lot with your fists isn't doing it, and hit, hitting them with strike downs hard and using a lot of strike downs in a match seems to have a little bit of an effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think grapples seems to have an effect too. But at the same time, the the two that are being successful, the two that we can say are being successful, because they have the literal titles around their waists. Aren't excelling in strikes, and they they don't seem to be excelling in um, grapples either. So whatever whatever they're doing to be the champions um, in this company and to win all of the matches, we we haven't been able to pinpoint as of yet.
0: I'm just gonna quickly go back. I'm just gonna do a lot more editing for myself here and you'll see it on the screen folks if you're watching this on youtube always got to plug that youtube if you want to see the visuals as you're listening go to our youtube channel hit the books pod uh and you that way you can see the visuals of it of course you can always see that if you just follow us on twitter and uh and whatnot but i'm going to quickly go back and look at another graph just to double check uh right now on the screen strike downs per hour versus win-loss records moxley and cody again still in that same sort of bubble you know, last, you know, pack, you know, well, what's the word, uh, back 50%, um, yeah. same sort of, and then the same sort of way Moxley's above Cody and, and wins, but they're both still back there. Um, let me go all the way back to episode one, which was offense, uh, Moxley and Cody still, you know, Cody with 56% average offense percentage, plus six win loss record at the time. Um. I'm still maybe dead even, but maybe let in the back 50, um, hard the gauge a little bit, uh, Moxley definitely in the back 50. Yeah. It's, there's something that they are doing that is, that is winning them titles. And we, yeah, we're, and we
1: haven't, we haven't found it as of yet.
0: What's your theory? What, why, what do you think that they have that they are doing? Maybe, maybe it is something uncalculable, Maybe it is something that is, and well, we'll find out later down the line. What do you think, what's your theory that what are they doing themselves that are allowing them to get more victories uh, compared it to other
1: might, It might end up being the case that they're well-rounded, as in they they don't have terrible stats for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I will be very interested to see when we come to see who actually takes lots of offense, if maybe that's something to do with it. Um, I know for Cody he uses a lot of finishers hmm. um yeah, it's i i I have no idea as of yet it might it might be the case that it it might be the case that um certain wrestlers are booked in certain ways, and there are very minor trends, but as to being able to point out like certain strategies that are certain strategies that are almost formulaic in a wrestling ring it, it i mean it's probably the case that that's not going to happen in in other sports teams will be drawn towards certain trends but they always change and i think it's just about in other sports it's about finding something new that works that people don't know how to deal with or doing something that's been established to work better than everybody else mm-hmm. so um we might be able to find a trend that kind of using um a high energy move more sparingly is is the best way to I don't know like use your energy or it, it might be the case that guys that do on average one dive a match it works because you need to be able to find the time to hit that high that high impact move but if you overdo it then you're not playing the percentages well enough.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't
1: yeah. know. I'm, I'm scrambling for reasons here. It's, it's, it's kind of tricky to it's a little too early um, to tell. We'll pull, pull something out that um, sounds convincing.
0: No, it's a little bit too early to tell. I would agree with that. It, I like the I like the theory that maybe that they're that they're well rounded in their wrestling styles, but not yeah. just also well rounded. They are uh, efficient. Uh, could be a word.
1: Do you know what doesn't seem to be coming up? Uh, the, guys that, the guys that you would associate with you doing a lot of high-impact, risky dive moves don't seem to be picking up lots of wins. Mm-hmm. Like we've got really grounded competitors, Moxley, Cody, and MGF leading the way. We've seen Archer and Brody Lee um, with high kind of win-loss records. Um, Jake Hager had a really high win-loss record at one point they don't seem to be booking they don't, do you know what they're not doing? they're not booking flippy guys particularly strongly, which is interesting, it's almost like they're trying to avoid doing that for what may have been said
0: mm-hmm. good point point. and if anything, that was a perfect tease into next week's show, where we talk about dives per hour versus no, no, it's
1: submissions, records. we're doing submissions next week
0: we're doing submissions next week? Oh, I thought we were doing dives yeah. next week
1: no, we can do dives. I'm, I'm just, I'm just being awkward.
0: Oh, uh, let's, no. Let's you know, let's what? Let's, let's, let's skip ahead and just do taunts. <laughs> let's do taunts per hour wrestling versus. Taunts her. Her. Who taunts know. the most? Um, I guess I
1: think it's like Archer and MGF.
0: That's probably accurate. Oh, does M- maybe that's MGF's best record? Is like <laughs> he wins a lot and he has all these taunts. <laughs> his taunting actually helps him win um yeah we'll figure out what we're doing next week uh just stay well, tuned let's,
1: let's do dive. i'm intrigued by dives so. now
0: yeah i like because i like that theory that you're right yeah a, a lot of people that are winning moxley cody mjf lee Har- uh, archer uh havoc omega aren't yeah. really dive heavy guys people like Allen, people like sabian phoenix uh yeah. Guevara, trent janella hmm
1: uh, but like so the, the guys the guys that have good win-loss records that people might insist do dives, like Kenny Omega doesn't do a lot of dives unless it's like a huge match. Mm-hmm. Um, Darby Allen doesn't do as many as people expect. He does them sparingly, about two or three per match. Mm-hmm. Kip Sabian sometimes does a bit more, but generally he's working heels. So again, doesn't always do a huge amount. Mm-hmm. Your your big divers, if you want to call it that, Sammy Guevara Phoenix. And um, even Orange Cassidy, Joey Janela, um, Pack sometimes are are further down the win loss records. So yeah, kind of sounds like AEW is not um, all elite flippy guys wrestling.
0: Which is why Flip Gordon was went back to Ring <laughs> of Honor. He's not going to he's yeah, not going to win in it. this promotion. Uh okay I like it. I like that idea. Let's let's we'll be back next week for dives uh, per hour. Let's see. Cuz I mean the theory the, the the idea would be that there would be some sort of negative correlation, right? That you know the more dives possibly, the yeah. more dives you do, the less likely you'll win. Um mm-hmm. I guess we'll find Possibly
1: or it might just be that it's minimal and doesn't make a difference.
0: That's true. That's true. Uh we'll find out I guess next week folks. So uh if you want to get ready for that, I highly recommend subscribing to this feed. Um wherever you listen to podcasts, and that way you can make sure to get that show next week next monday and if you want to follow us even more, you can always follow us on Twitter, of course, you can follow me at hit the books pod on twitter. uh, we are coming out uh this Friday. I guess this will be the teaser I guess this Friday um we'll have our website live and running finally after f- putting it together forever uh we'll have our website back and running for uh our hit the books podcast uh if you want to listen to me more obviously you can go listen to hit the books it's also on this podcast feed so if you subscribe you also will get that show on friday that's a weekly uh uh smackdown versus raw fantasy booking show basically we have our own rosters and we're basically trying to make the best show uh and that you can then vote on who won and uh I've, I've lost two weeks in a row now craig and i'm not happy about it uh i've been ch- i've been trying to take a lot of i i, I have a whole storyline where i have the fiend versus roman reigns and i've been losing and i wonder if that's the problem uh i'm scared
1: iron carbon by the sounds <laughs> of it that is the winning formula
0: i i do have corbin on my roster and he is not he is not nowhere close to the universal or wwe championship i should say so Maybe that's the issue. I need more Corbin in my life. Uh, but of course, you can get all that stuff more, uh, and we'll have a website up and fr- uh, running on Friday where you can backlog and research all the former cards and everything, so you can just read it instead of listening everything. Obviously, we'd appreciate it if you listen to it, but we'll have that all there for you. Uh, Craig, uh, what do you need to plug?
1: Um, yeah, you can you can see my Twitter stuff CraigPWMusings. Uh, Craig PW Musings. If you just want to see the stats without. Um, me kind of talking about it in general uh, there's a separate PW Musings twitter account trying to differentiate the two Um, ProWrestlingMusings.com to kind of see all the columns with the kind of weekly AEW uh, leaderboards and breakdowns and match stats and all all there for you
0: Do you want to plug um, uh, this new special thing that you were doing?
1: Yes, you special thing. Yes. Uh, so I've just started up a fancy wrestling league. Yes, there are others out there. Um, Wrestle talk, do a very good one. However, this one is slightly different the pro wrestling musings version. So you predict who wins each match, but you also predict who you think is going to be boot strongest in the match via taking the most of the match offense. So Um, it's a bit of a, who will win? Who do you think is going to get the most offense in? And then each week there will be two or three kind of whole card questions. For example, this week, um, some of the, oh, I can't remember. Uh, There was who will get the highest match percentage on the whole card, who will use the most dives, and who will use the most submission seconds in total on the card.
0: Yes, you can go uh, if you want to be a beta tester, is what you're calling it. you can always go to mm-hmm. at Pw Musings. there's a tweet there where you yeah. can vote. It says new, a wrestling for f- Fantasy League. I already put my vote in, uh, and obviously we'll we'll return next week. It'll be revealed that I'm the ultimate winner. <laughs> um, so that you know that's fine. maybe maybe it's you know maybe I maybe I have the access to the knowledge, I have access to the stats, but so does everybody else. So you know maybe I'm just better yeah. uh, better than you, MJF style. Uh, well,
1: you need to. You might want to hold on before self-promoting quite so highly until you've maybe got a week or two under your belt.
0: Well, I don't know what you're talking about. Screw trends. I'm all about if I if I win week number one, then I'm done. I'm I'm the winner. I don't have to play anyone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was I was more suggesting that it, you know might not go as well as you, one might hope.
0: Oh, I mean, we oh, well, we'll find out now, wouldn't we, Craig? Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's episode of Wrestling Statistics. Uh, Thank you, everybody, so much. Uh, Obviously, stay safe out there. We love you all out there. Um, And have a good week. Yes. Stay safe, everybody. Bye.